on fire, burned out? Would you answer yes? <laughs> yes, I'm on fire and I'm burned out. It can happen both at the same time. We started, I'll put this down, this is bothering me. My dad once told me, don't drink on stage. It just is rude. Don't do it. So I'm going to obey him. Well, thank you. Wow. All right. <laughs> About need a kiss now. Amen. Later. Scripture says there's a time and a place for everything. Drink my coffee and get my kiss in just a minute. All right. Well, I don't need the coffee anymore. That's all right. On fire or burned out. We've been talking about discouragement. You know, we've been here for a while. We've been here for two or three weeks. And I'm telling you, I, don't, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit's showing me, and I believe the Holy Spirit's showing you that this is right on target. Um, if you go and you listen to other preachers, you listen on TV, you listen on the radio, they're talking about discouragement. Don't dismiss the fact that if you hear it one place and you hear it somewhere else, that it's not the Holy Spirit talking. The Holy Spirit is talking to us and trying to encourage us. You know, something, again, I've been listening to some CDs, and the Holy Spirit's an encourager, is a comforter. That's the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you right now. Pastor, I don't know the Holy Spirit. Well, open up your ears. I believe you're going to hear him this morning because he wants to encourage you. Now, we started looking last week from, I believe it was... Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. And Elizabeth said, Paul, everybody doesn't know this story. Well, I want to encourage you. I can't do it all for you. I can't do it all for you. Go get a Bible. If you don't own a Bible, we will sew a Bible into you today for free. Okay? If you own a Bible, go back and read 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19. It won't take you long. It'll probably take you 10 or 15 minutes. But it's a story about Elijah this great, great man of God. Whenever you talk about the great men of God, Elijah always comes up. Why? Because he performed so many miracles. But do you remember what Elijah did? Do you remember all in one day? All in one day. He goes and he has a challenge. And it's a, my daddy's bigger than your daddy challenge. He goes to Ahab and says, Ahab, my daddy's bigger than, bigger than your daddy. Ahab goes, no, he's not. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. Then let's prove it. You go out and build an altar. I'll go out and build an altar. Call all your priests out. You do everything you need to do to set that altar on fire. And I'll do everything I need to do to set my altar on fire. And let's see who's the real God. Right? If you don't know the story, please go back and read it. It's better than any Indiana Jones movie you could watch. Those of you kids that don't know Indiana Jones, go back and watch those. Those are still pretty clean movies. I can almost recommend that. Almost. But what happened? Do you remember? They tried the Ahab called for Baal and all the, prophet, all the prophets of um, Asherah and Baal and started calling down fire, started cutting themselves, started hooping and hollering, doing every religious thing they knew to do, started cutting themselves. And Elijah started making fun of him. I'm not going to spend time on that this morning. I spent time on it last week. No fire. So what did Elijah do? Took 12 buckets of water. Buckets. Started pouring water on it so much that there was water laying in the ditches around where he had built. Can you imagine out in the desert how muddy it would be? And to think, there's no way he's getting fire. But what did he do? He prayed a short prayer, called down fire, and fire came and consumed it. I want to 
encourage you, and I said this last week, you know what, we may come in here with wet wood, and we do. God can light wet wood. Jesus didn't come for the person that had it all together. He came for the person that didn't. That would be me. He came for me. He came for you. You, you may come in here and say, man, this thing's not for me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Yeah, the Lord does. And he came for you. He died on the cross for you. Now, we started looking at the, I believe, the entryway into into discouragement. We looked last week. Number one is exhaustion. I believe the entryway into discouragement is exhaustion. It says, after he had seen this, what happened next? They went and slayed, him and his boys went and slayed all the prophets of Baal. Hundreds of them went and killed them. And then what did he do? It had been a drought. So what did Elijah do? The same day, this is still in the same chapter, chapter 18 and 19, what did he do? He prayed for rain. Lord, we need rain. And you remember he sent his servant, go look for rain. You know, up here on the hill, we can see things coming a little bit farther than others can. Be like me saying over here, go look for rain. You sticking your head out, I don't see a cloud in the sky. That's okay. I trust God. I don't know everything, but I know I've prayed according to his word. I know he's going to do it. Go look again. Nope, master, nothing. Go again. Nope, nothing. Seven times. Seventh time he came back. Well, you know, I do see something. That's it. That's it. He says it's just a cloud the size of a man's fist. Tiny. That's it. He tells Ahab, you better get on back. It's about to rain. Ahab's still there. Everybody else is dead, but Ahab's still there. Somebody's got to go tell everybody what's happened. Somebody's got to go tell his people what God's done. So what did Ahab do? He ran back and told Jezebel, Jezebel, the people that's been eating at our dinner table is not coming tonight. They're dead. And Elijah did it. This is all in one day. This great man of God, Elijah, has seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And look, well, how does Jezebel respond? Whoops. Okay, number two. Got to catch up here. I need my coffee. Elijah was naive. This is another way into, into discouragement. Look at this scripture right here. This is, this is all review from last week. It says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, Severely may the gods deal with me, and even more if I do not make your life as the life of one of those by tomorrow about this time. And he was afraid and rose and ran for his life. This man that has just prayed for fire has seen fire. This man who just slayed all the prophets. This man who prayed for rain, and rain came. This man, and I left this part out, he outran Ahab and the chariots back to Jezreel by foot. Miracle, 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 miracle. And somebody says, I'm going to kill you. After all he's just seen, and he runs. You know what? You're not alone. But the problem is, I believe Elijah felt like it's always going to be like this. Man, I've finally tapped into the source. I have made it. No problems will follow me now. Everything will go good for me now. And what happens? He can't even get to bed before Jezebel catches him and says, you're going to die for what you've done. 
And fear comes on him, and he runs. I believe he was naive. I believe he thought it was going to be roses the rest of the time. You know, just like last night, a lot of people got prayed for. A lot of people, chains came off, breakthrough came. Well, I want to tell you, life's not over. Attack's going to come, and like Burke had that, those chains wrapped around him, those chains are going to want to wrap around again. And you've got to keep casting them off. You remember the story I told you about the donkey that, got, that, got, uh, that fell in the well? Man's donkey fell in the well, and the guy couldn't get him out. He didn't have a tractor. He didn't have, a, he didn't have any way of pulling him out. So the owner just thought the sensible, the humane thing to do would be just bury him in there. Not make him starve, not make him suffer. So he started throwing dirt on the donkey. And the donkey started crying. You know, basically in his mind saying, I've done everything for you. I've worked for you. I've done things for you. I've plowed the field for you. Every time you've called on me, I have worked. I have been your friend. I have been there for you. How could you do this? And he throws more dirt and more dirt. And finally... The donkey just shook some of that dirt off his back and stepped up. And then shook some more off and stepped up and kept stepping up until he walked out of the well. Let me tell you, you're going to be on these highs. But do you remember after the peak comes the valley? You're going to go through stuff. And I believe that even, even Elijah who has seen the power of God. And let me tell you, in this church, we have seen the power of God. That does not mean that Satan is now defeated and no longer exists. He does. Does that mess with anybody? Satan still exists. He still exists, and he still wants to take you down, even though you have experienced something. What else about uh, discouragement? I need to hurry. It leads to isolation. Do you remember what it said? That he ran a day's journey away. Imagine in today's standards, would have flown across the earth and hidden. What did he do? He got under a juniper tree. And what happens when you get under a juniper tree? What happens when you run away? It's all about me. Woe is me. And look what he said. But Elijah himself went a day's journey. Verse 4. It also hurts our self-image. He's isolated himself. It hurts our self-image. Look what he says right here. It says, it's enough. Let me die, O Lord. Take my life, for I am not better than my father's. This man of God that's seen this power. Pastor, why do you keep talking about this? Because if you have had suicidal thoughts, you are not alone. You're not alone. Even this great man of God had these thoughts. But the problem was his perspective got messed up. He had isolated himself. He, his self-image was down. You know, it's what we just sang. I was sitting there thinking, I can't believe we're singing this song. I know who I am. Do you? We can sing the song, we can smile, and we can feel good, and me and Pastor Rob can lose our voices because it's too high for us, and we can squeak and squeal and sound funny. I was sounding funny by the end of the song. Not that I don't always sound funny, but I know who I am. I am forgiven. I've been set free. I'm loved. I know who I am. But do you really? We can sing the song, but do you really know who you are? Even Elijah 
struggled with his identity. For you to have struggled with your identity does not make you a second-rate person. It doesn't make you damaged goods. If you've come on Wednesday nights in the last month, you would learn that our battle is not out here with people. It's in our mind. These thoughts that we have, we have to get captive. We've got to take captive our thoughts. And let me tell you, you can't do it without the Lord. You can't. It's impossible. If you could, Jesus wouldn't have needed to die on the cross for you. If you didn't need any help, what did we need Jesus for? Just think for a minute, and I don't want anybody to answer. Don't raise your hand, but how many here have had a struggling thought this week? How many here have had a struggling thought today? It's real. It's real. Let's keep going. When we get discouraged, you know what we tend to do? We tend to run from our responsibility. And that's what Elijah did. We tend to run away from the things that we should be doing. Now, Elijah has made, Elijah's uh, come from Mount Carmel. He's a Mount Carmel man. He's, he's a giant. He's this guy that everybody knows. And yet, where do we find him? We find him under a juniper tree. And it says in verse 9, Then he came here to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What is he saying? He's saying, Elijah, you don't belong here. Why have you withdrawn? Why have you isolated yourself so much? But that's what discouragement does. Discouragement will take us from somebody who can help people and take us out can completely remove us from what we're supposed to be doing. Even the greatest of men. Discouragement has a way of taking us and laying us out and putting us on a shelf to keep us from doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what's happened here. God's saying to Elijah, what are you doing here? Can I encourage you, whenever God asks you a question, he probably knows the answer. He said to Adam, what's, what's happened, Adam? Why are you naked? Well, I don't need to explain to God. God knows. Why are you naked? Well, this, this woman that you brought me, isn't that nice? That's what discouragement will do to you. You're going to see in just a minute. What does discouragement do to us? Look here, this is where our nation is causes us to blame others what happens we get our focus off of ourself where we need to turn it and you may say pastor you've been talking about being selfish that's not what I'm talking about here now we want to turn around and see who we can blame for our problem not take care of our problem let's blame you show me a person that's discouraged and I'll show you a person that blames somebody else for their problems look at verse 10 Elijah gets out his big finger and he starts pointing. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel. Now those guys, here it comes, those guys, those dirty dogs, they've forsaken thy covenant, torn, thy, uh, torn down thy altars, killed thy prophets with the swords, and I alone am left, just me, 
I'm the only faithful one to God. Just me and my family. Everyone else is rotten. Can you relate at least a little bit? Oh, woe is me. Pity poor me. We can really suck our thumbs sometimes, can't we? That's what Joe McGee says, a bunch of thumb suckers. I love that. Seems like I'm the only faithful one to God anymore. You know, especially people who work hard for the Lord or people that think that somehow their salvation is in how hard they work for God has a tendency. Or people that think they pray more has a tendency to think that they're more godly. I'm telling you right now, if you attach any kind of works to your relationship with God, I promise you, you will always look down at others. It's easy to feel a little bit spiritually superior. Now, we're trying to, I'm trying to hit the whole target here today. Elijah says, I'm the only one. In fact, he says, I'm the only one that's left. And notice he started blaming other people. All the other prophets have failed. All the other people, no one's standing except for me. There was an old uh, Peanuts cartoon. Anybody remember Peanuts? None of y'all. Charlie Brown. If you'll watch Christmas time, you'll see Charlie Brown. They still play it. Now that's something I can recommend. It's clean. But Morris, he calls Charlie Brown on the phone and he says, How was your first day of school? You know, school starts tomorrow. And what did Marcy say? It's terrible. In fact, she said, I went to the principal's office and it's all your fault, Charlie Brown. And Charlie Brown said, what? I'm sorry, I don't even go to your school. Why was it my fault? And Marcy says, because you're my friend and you're supposed to have better influence on me. That's funny, but that is true. We blame people for the stupidest things. Things that's our responsibility. You show me a discouraged person and I'll show you a person after they've been beating up on themselves, will start pointing at other people, blaming everybody else for the situation that they're in, that they're in. Finally today, number seven, discouragement causes us to blur the facts. When we're discouraged, we have a tendency to blow things out of proportion in a negative sense. What do we do? We exaggerate but we exaggerate negatively. You know, and I don't really mind exaggeration. Sometimes it's funny, but when it's negative, it's not funny. When it's negative, I don't like it. It gets depressing. You know, Elijah in verse 14, it's just a repeat of what he's just said in verse 10. You know, it's kind of like saying, God, you haven't heard me, so let me tell you again how wonderful I am. Let me tell you again about how bad I'm getting beat up. Let me tell you how rotten everybody else is. And then look what he says in verse 14. Chapter 19, verse 14. I've been very zealous for the Lord. Have you already heard that? I've been very zealous for the Lord. God of hosts, sons of Israel, have forsaken thy covenant. 
torn down thy altars, and yet you've heard it again, and killed thy prophets with the sword, and I alone am left. By the time we get to verse 18, God's trying to help Elijah with this exaggeration of the negative. When he says that he will leave 7,000 in Israel and that not all knees have bowed to these uh, idols, bowed to Baal. And every mouth has not kissed him. What is God saying? Elijah, you're not alone. You're not alone. He's saying, Elijah, my friend, there are 7,000 just like you. What's the problem with Elijah? He's discouraged. What happens with a person that's discouraged? They take the attitude that since everything is bad with me, everything must be bad with life. Do you hear me? Because of what you're going through and because things are bad with you, you apply that to everything else. Because it's bad here, it must be bad everywhere. There's literally a cloud everywhere. Because if it's bad here, it must be bad everywhere. You know the story about the grandma and the grandpa who went to see their grandkids. And about lunchtime, they were having lunch and grandpa took an afternoon nap and the grandkids decided they'd play a joke on him. He had this big handlebar mustache. And while Grandpa was asleep, they couldn't resist. They went in and got some limp burger cheese and went in and put a little bit in his mustache while he was asleep. So after a few minutes in his nap, he woke up and said, Man, this bedroom stinks. So he gets up, goes to the kitchen where Mama's cooking some, Grandma's cooking some cookies for the grandkids. He grabs a couple cookies and starts dunking them in milk and eating them and finally says, Boy, this kitchen stinks too. So he says, honey, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to go sit on the rocking chair and get some fresh air. He goes outside and he just determines it stinks out here too. The whole world must stink. Can you see his perspective? That was true. In his reality, it was true. It wasn't reality. But do you see how even in the things that we're going through, it can so skew the true vision of the kingdom of God and really the world. We just see our vision through our problem. And because we have this problem, we think it applies to everything else. If this person hurts me, then I guess everyone's going to hurt me. If this person's like this, and so many will be here, if my father was like he was, then God the Father must be the same way. When we get so hurt in relationship, we apply those relationships to others and hold that against those other people. Even so much so that we do it to God. We need to remove the cheese. We need to remove the cheese. You know, I heard it taught about people that are fighting addictions and demonic issues. That if you can get rid of your trash, rats will stop coming around. 
if you'll clean up your trash, rats won't come anymore. You can keep killing rats and killing rats. Have you ever had ants? Try to just attack the ant and not the ant problem. Leave the food, leave the sticky syrup everywhere, just go pour syrup all over your floor and just try to kill the ants. I'm sorry, you'll lose because there's more ants than you got time to spray. What do you got to do? You got to get the sticky up. The things that we've got in our life, we've got to, we've got to remove the cheese. You don't remove the cheese, the smell's not going away. We lose perspective. Now I want to encourage you. We've kind of taken a road down in the valley in this time of discouragement. But I believe the Lord is speaking to you. I believe the Lord is revealing to you that you know what? You're not alone. And you're going to come out next week. We're coming out. You can come out today. I want you out today. But I've taken some time to lay some groundwork for us to understand. You know what? Elijah. Let me tell you, Paul, David, everyone struggles with discouragement. I want to encourage you in just a moment just to let the Lord know the discouragement that you're going through and to cry out to Him and ask for help. Just a very simple prayer. Lord God, I'm here today. This is my problem. Help me. I want to take it another step further. Get in your word. Get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. Faith is not going to come except by the word. And you need faith to remove your cheese. I love that. That might be my new expression. We have expressions about music and about stuff being cheesy. We don't want to be cheesy. We need to get rid of our cheese. We all pray with me? Let's believe God today. Now next week we're coming out. We're coming out. The Lord responded to Elijah. If you would, look back up here. I just said to pray, but I want you to know we're right at the verse where God's about to encourage and equip and send him back out. He's at a point of wanting to take his life, and God's about to answer. This is all still in the same day. You don't have to wait till next week to get breakthrough. You just, while you're under your tree and you're feeling sorry for yourself, talk to God. God is going to respond, and I'm going to show you next week. God's not going to leave you, even if I leave you hanging. You choose today. And God, Elijah didn't know he was going to get rescued. He was ready to be done. God, I've done it all. Just take my life. Let me in now. Take me now. Anybody ever had that feeling? I've, I've done my job. Take me now. Here's Elijah. God, I've done your work. Go ahead. Just remove me. That Jezebel, she's mean. She's real. And she's coming after me. Just take me now. But God responded to him that same day. Today, you're struggling. Cry out to God right now. Right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that your word shows us that we can get discouraged. And that we're not damaged goods. We're not messed up. We're human. And we're fighting in a world that's full of flesh. We're fighting in a world that's full of demonic activity but Lord I thank you that by the blood of Jesus and by the cross of Jesus you have come to our rescue 
and you have equipped us to battle the things that we're going through. And Lord, your word says you'll never leave us or forsake us. That just means he will never leave you. He is with you, whether you hear him or not, whether you're in a struggle or whether you're on the top of a mountain with victory. God is with you. But when you're struggling, cry out to him first. And in my opinion, Elijah said it all wrong. He's talking all about how great he is and how he's done everything right. Well, I want you to know God responded to his cry. Cry out to him, Lord, I'm doing everything I know to do. I feel like I'm doing everything right. I don't know where to go. And wait and listen. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are the comforter. We invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to bring comfort. Also says you're the teacher. Teach us your way. Teach us your will. Is that you today? Are you so down you don't even know how to get up out of your seat and go home? Cry out to God right where you are. I need help. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You have to do the crying out. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. We worship you, Father. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Scripture says that if you'll just confess your sins, if you'll just acknowledge Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you know what that means? It just means you're just saying, I've tried everything, Lord. I choose you. Help me, Lord. I need you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. The Holy Spirit's been tugging at you this morning. You've been having that feeling of, I need more. You know what that is? That is the Lord drawing you to Him. don't know Jesus, just right where you sit, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me. Rescue me. Maybe you know Jesus and you need to pray the same prayer. Forgive me. Save me. Rescue me. The Lord just wants you. He wants all of you. Would you come to Him? you need prayer this morning? Would you come to Him? Would you get up out of your seat and, and, and allow this team to lay hands on you? Scripture says that if you're sick, to call for the elders of the church to lay hands and anoint with oil. And it says the sick will recover. I believe that with all my heart. Would you come down and let us pray for you? I encourage you, don't sit under that tree forever. Cry out to God. y'all stand with me. Those that are ministry, come on down. We want to take a moment to pray with you this morning. Just encourage you to step out.